This episode is brought to you by Kitcaster. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Exit Strategies Radio Show. I am your host, Corwin J. Millett, broken owner of Exit Realty Low Country Group in beautiful North Charleston, South Carolina. If this is your first time listening to this show, you, sir or ma'am, are in for a treat because our mission here is very simple. That is to empower our community through financial literacy and real estate education. We're legacy building. That is what we do. So if you're out there making things happen with your family for the generations yet to come, you know, our word teaches us to leave a legacy, to leave an inheritance for our children, our children, children, and so forth and so on. We want you to put a hashtag on that thing that says that you are legacy building because that is what you are doing. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Anchor FM. You can also find us on Instagram at our website, ExitStrategiesRadioShow.com. You can catch us in a number of different places on your favorite podcast applications. We appreciate you listening. Please share this content with your friends, your family, your co-workers, even those in your groups, your church groups, etc. Guys, because sometimes the message and the word that we are speaking here today is for you. Sometimes it is for someone else that you know. Again, we appreciate you listening. Let's get started. Hey, y'all know who I am. Yep. Let's say it together. Corwin J. Millett, broker and owner of Eggs and Realty, Low Country Group, in beautiful North Charleston, South Carolina. We're going to work on our harmony with that, okay, as we go forward. So, guys, we have a fabulous show today. All right. So I brought everyone. Look, we rolled out the red carpet. We managed to find some platinum carpet because we have an extra special. Whew, I love this. All right. So let me slow down. I'm super excited this morning. But we have an extra special line up for you today. And note I said line up. All right. Guys, you've heard us talk about the need for affordable housing for workforce housing, all those initiatives, not just in the Charleston community, but to be very frank and broad about it, across our entire country. That has been a keynote term for so many people for so long. And we have on this show today, a group, the group, because it's a the for me, that is really doing it, has figured out how to get it done. And we're going to be talking today about a wonderful project that's available right now for you guys to come out and get more information about and right now for you guys to be a part of. So I don't want to steal too much more thunder. I just want to get straight into it. And I want to start by introducing the first two people that are kind of, or no kind of, they are the people that have this idea and this concept. And we're going to have a conversation. So I want to introduce to you Tony Berry and Tammy Stevens-Wilson with Prosperity Builders. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Good morning. Thanks. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Now, that's the first introduction. Now, behind that, I want to introduce and just say hi 
because they're in the studio as well. That's Denise Henderson and Allie Bing with Carolina One Real Estate. How are you guys doing this morning? Morning, Corey. Awesome, awesome. So, Tony, Tim, TNT, Dynamite. All right. <laughs> Look, y'all can coin that phrase, Dynamite. <laughs> guys, tell us, if you could, for our listeners, tell us about this project that you guys have started and tell us where, if you can, share where the vision came from and what it means to you. Tony? Tammy? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, everybody don't talk at one time. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess the way this started was um, a property owner approached us, I guess, several years ago, had a piece of property in West Ashley, was trying to decide what they were going to be able to do with the property. Tammy and I had you know, already been working on our first workforce community in Mount Pleasant, Gregory Ferry Towns. And so we began to kind of look at this opportunity through the lens of was there a way that there could be a workforce housing component to it? And that evolved through some relationships and connections that Tammy has into a public-private partnership with the Charleston Redevelopment Corporation that their involvement is allowing us to bring 40 brand new townhomes to the West Ashley community, of which 30 of those 40 are going to be workforce. And so it's one of those things that just kind of the stars, I think, lined up. And we had an opportunity that all the dials dialed the right way for this opportunity to exist. So, Tammy, if you could kind of one thing that as we've we've all been working together and been having quote unquote these conversations, we talk about need for for housing, for quality housing, for you know what we in the industry term as affordable housing, but just the need. So can you expound on that for our listeners this morning? Sure. And to tech on to what Tony said before, right? Tony and I are from a small town, Lancaster, South Carolina, right? Some folks may remember the old Springs Industries, right? Lots of hardworking people in Lancaster, most of which worked for Springs Industries. And so we had the opportunity to grow up in a small town with small town values, where the thought was that hardworking people deserve an opportunity to have a home to create wealth for their families, um, as much as those of means. And so really the genesis for us focusing on workforce housing development with the Prosperity Builders platform comes from that core set of values. The same principle applies here. We believe that people in this market have an opportunity and should be availed an opportunity to own a home, pass on generational wealth to their families. The Charleston market has done very well economically, Mount Pleasant, surrounding communities, and we believe that families should have an opportunity to participate in that. There are teachers in our community, firefighters, police officers, first responders, folks that work at grocery stores, hardworking folks that Tony and I grew up around that deserve this opportunity. And so we took a detailed look. Tony always says it begins with an Excel spreadsheet, right? And so we took an Excel spreadsheet and looked at what the opportunities are who were the agencies in the community, government, quasi-government, nonprofits that could lean into a project that would provide additional support to families who might not be able to otherwise afford a home on their own? And then from that work and that vision, Bermuda Point was born. So we've had the sidebar conversations 
there is a passion that exists um, between Tony, you and Tammy. There's a cohesiveness that exists. You know, I've been in a lot of rooms with a lot of people over a lot of years. And typically I don't see such a dynamic working relationship. So just I, I didn't say that to give you the big head, <laughs> but but I'm saying that genuine because affordable housing, workforce housing is difficult. Going back and you shared this story with me, Tammy, as well about, you know, where you guys are from and in turn what this quote unquote means. You've been working Again, you guys just completed or finishing up Gregory Ferry as well. Tell us about a smidgen about that. I know Bermuda Point is is really the focus of our show, but we want to give, I'd love for our listeners to kind of get, okay, we've done this. So this is why we're doing this. So this is our lead in to doing this. So can you give us kind of a snippet about that particular property? Sure. Gregory Ferry was a partnership with the town of Mount Pleasant. And through that project, we developed 36 townhomes for families in the workforce. We have teachers there, nurses, variety of occupations. And we also work with the nonprofit organization Housing for All as a partner in that project. Tony, you want to talk a little bit about the history of Gregory Ferry and how we ended up where we arrived with that project too. Sure. So the the property where Gregory Ferry Towns is and was developed actually was a two-acre office parcel that was part of a larger mixed-use development we did back probably the 2010, 2015. And we'll have to, I mean, Mount Pleasant is known for not wanting new residential growth based on all the growth that is seen, but the elected officials have made it very clear that workforce housing, they consider economic development. So they look at a true workforce housing opportunity, much different than just a normal developer or builder coming in, just wanting to build market rate for sale homes. And so we were able to approach the town of Mount Pleasant with an idea that said, if we can get the density, that nasty D word that a lot of people don't like, but I said, if we said, if we can get the density and we can get the approvals in a timely manner, we believe we can bring 36 newly constructed for sale townhomes and we're willing to limit the incomes to those that earn no more than 80% of the area median income in Charleston County. And when we started, that was in the mid $60,000 a year range. Uh-huh. In addition to the income restriction, we were willing to put both income and resale restriction for 75 years that when a current Gregory Ferry owner chooses to sell in the future, they would only be able to sell to someone that makes no more than 80% of the area median income at that time, as well as the purchase price they could charge was basically a calculation of what they paid, plus CPI increases, plus any bona fide improvements made for the property, plus all their closing costs. So it does give them, with principal reduction, an opportunity to begin to build wealth most paying no more than what they were likely paying in rent, but it also protects the affordability that the market value of these townhomes that ranged, and I'm going to say the 270s to 310s, if you kind of look at kind of the bulk of where the townhomes sold for, those townhomes today, market rate probably would be definitely in the high 300s, if not in the low 400s. So we received unanimous approval from the town of Mount Pleasant on our rezoning. We closed on the property, I think, December 31st of 2020. 
We actually closed on the sale of our first townhome within 12 months before the end of 2021. And we totally completed the project about 60 days ago. So it was a great opportunity that was a piece of property in a good location that had great density, that all, all the infrastructure you needed, that we were able to get in and out, start to finish, soup to nuts, A to Z in about 18 months. And so some of the best practices we instituted that bottom line, we're just trying to drive the cost of what it costs to construct down so that in the end, we can reduce the cost that we can sell it for. And interesting enough, Gregory Ferry was 100% privately developed, privately funded. We did have the public partnership with Housing for All Mount Pleasant to get through the entitlements, but that was a great project for Tammy and I to kind of cut our teeth on and really provided a great kind of platform for us to be able to you know, now move into Bermuda Point. So, you know, last week we had, well, couple weeks or two ago, we had this workshop. And in that workshop, I made a post, social media post after that, that, you know, workforce housing, affordable housing works when everybody's at the table, which what I mean by that is developers, builders, so you guys, nonprofits and municipalities or government. When you get all three in the room, you have every piece covered And all you need at that point in time, or if you don't have it already in the room, is a catalyst to create projects such as what you created. So I'm going to touch on something else, but then I'm going to come back because I got definitely a tremendous amount of questions for you guys. But the conversation I've been having, you know, people trying to understand housing prices and all that stuff. So, you know, I I tasked, you know, my assistant with pulling up, okay, hey, we're direct connected in the Charleston region by flight to a lot of places. What's meeting income in those places? San Francisco, you can get a direct flight from Charleston to San Francisco. Median income in 2022 in San Francisco is $104,000. Those people are buying houses in Charleston. I'm going to skip around a little bit. This one here kind of, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that it got me as well. But the median income in Charlotte is over $90,000. Direct connected. I'm going to hit a, Nashville is over $95,000. let us see, where else? Most places that are connected to Charleston have a median income that is higher than Charleston. A lot of places are higher than, and those people are transient, they're moving here. So the need for projects like this is defined by that, because again, incomes are changing, but we don't want to leave behind the people that serve our communities, like you said, teachers, firefighters, law enforcement, all those people that serve our communities and they can't afford to live in it. Average Mount Pleasant police officer, I'm pretty sure, unless they've been there for a while, probably can't afford to live in Mount Pleasant. And we're getting that way for, for Charleston, for West Ashley as well. So if you if you don't mind coming back around and, and getting, that was a little bit of information for you, our listeners, so you can kind of have you know that basic understanding on, on the background. But incomes for this project, all right? So we got three levels of quote-unquote affordability, and then we have market rate after that. So if you don't mind, and we won't go into the sales piece yet, but what's price points and what are those income limits for this project so people can be be aware? So as you said, Coron, there are basically four different components to the um, project. There is a component of units that the buyers are those that will make no more than 80% of the area median income. There are Buyers will make no more than 100% of the area median income. Buyers will make no more than 120% of the area median income. 
and then market rate. So there'll, there'll be 10 of each. So the nice thing is, is when you pull into the community or if you're a member of the community, you'll have a market rate, an 80, 100, you know, you won't know who's what, which which the, the mixed income component is another important, you know, everybody at Gregory Ferry had to make no more than 80%, which is fine. But this is a nice kind of second community for us that we're taking a mixed income strategy instead of limiting everybody to one or multiple income levels. The income level by AMI is also determined by the number in a household. And the pricing, I'll, I'll come back to the incomes, but the pricing as of today, which we've seen a lot of volatility, needless to say, over the last 24 months on pricing, materials, labor, et cetera. But we're anticipating the starting price for the 80% area median income unit starting at $299.9 and the starting price for the 100% AMI units starting at $319.9. And those are the prices before we are able to layer in some down payment assistance depending on your income and the amount needed for you to qualify. To give you a range, the 80% AMI for a family of two is $58,800. The AMI for 100% for a family of three is $82,700. And the AMI for the 120 for a family of four is actually 110. So as you hear, 58.8 to 110 is a very wide range. And so what our team's attempting to do, we, we've had two community meetings. We'll have a third one tonight. Allie and Denise are um, are well equipped that I think the best thing for a prospective buyer really is to contact our, our sales and marketing team and frankly, just maybe share kind of where their incomes are, where they think they are, and we can help kind of describe if there's a bucket somebody can fit in what that bucket will look like. But big picture, prices start at $299.9. Incomes will range from, call it $59,000 to over $100,000. And then depending on your income bracket and your needs, we will have anywhere from $10,000 to up to potentially $80,000 in down payment assistance to assist a workforce buyer to be able to become a homeowner. So Tony, look, so I'm, I'm going to come back a little bit because for my listeners, we, you know, we like when, when people start talking about down payment assistance and all that stuff, we like to make sure that they don't miss it. And the way you went through that just now, I don't want them to miss that. I got to give the call sign. So let me get a call sign because you were just talking about that money, 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 money. That's what you were talking about right there. So guys, we got to go back a little bit. Tony, you said they can get up to how much down payment assistance? If, if you're in the 80%, AMI bracket, meaning that you're probably, depending on your family size, making somewhere between fifty-eight dollars and $73,000 a year, kind of give you a range. If your total household income does not exceed that range, depending on the number of family members you have, and depending on your income and your needs, we have the ability to offer up to $80,000 down payment assistance for the 80% AMI buyer. So what that means, if the townhome is $299.9 and you qualify and need up to $80,000, you net in effect would be buying a townhome with an amount financed and monthly payments being set at around an amount financed of around $220,000. 
the 100% AMI buyers, which income is probably going to range from around 73, probably 90,000. We have up to $50,000 in down payment assistance based on needs to offer to prospective buyers in that income bracket. And then for the 120% AMI, which is likely going to range between the mid 80s and a little over 100, we have up to $10,000 in down payment assistance. So it, it is, I think, I think it can be described as unprecedented in the Charleston community, especially in the 80% income bracket. We know that that is the sometimes the more challenging to be able to become a homeowner because in that income bracket, depending on your personal expenses, et cetera, you probably are needing to finance less than $250,000, maybe even two hundred. dollars And we just all know that new construction, that absolutely does not exist in Charleston. And even in the resale market, very few homes that you could move into that might not need deferred maintenance taken care of or may not be a wise investment to own based on the likelihood of what additional expenses someone may incur in buying maybe a much older home that would need a lot of work. That's the neat thing about this is buying a new home. You got new heating and air, new appliances, new hot water heater, just it's a neat opportunity. One thing I would elevate Corwin to is when you said money, money, money is something that, that, that a point that Tony made, which is we are pursuing this opportunity on from a needs-based perspective, right? And so when we're talking about the 80% AMI, should we have a family or individual that doesn't need all $80,000 of those dollars financially? Then we're keeping that money in the pot to support other income bands that might need additional assistance. So I just wanted to elevate that point. And then I also wanted to talk a little bit about price. We face significant headwinds, right? Coming out of COVID, supply costs, um, availability of materials. And then now we're in an interest rate environment, you know, with rates that are higher, we've typically seen. And so I think that this environment elevates two things. One is this kind of public-private partnership approach is really important. We're working with the Charleston Redevelopment Corporation. We are also consulting with the city of Charleston staff to make sure that we're dotting every I and crossing every T. We have preferred lenders that I'm sure, you know, our our sales team will talk about as well. We're rising to the moment in the market, but even with the cost of housing that we've set, there may be some variation in that, right? These are the prices as of today. So just wanted to elevate that point so that everyone's clear that while we're doing our best to contain costs that these are, this is what we know today about the cost of housing. You know, I'll, I'll jump and piggyback on that. First of all, for our listeners, guys, please understand that money is based on need. Oftentimes we hear that number and we automatically think, well, you know, because we want it, we're going to get it. No, it's based upon need because the idea and the concept is to make sure that we serve as many people as possible with these types of projects. I'm also going to come back and I'm going to say this, and I, I forgot Tony or Tammy which one of you guys mentioned this, but this is definitely from my knowledge and being ingrained in you know workforce and affordable housing in, in our community for some time, the first project of this caliber typically is onesie twosies, a little infill here, one or two units or what have you, but putting and clustering this many units at one time, to be very frank in my opinion, I mean, I've, I've 
people have talked about wanting to do it, but nobody has done it. So you guys have done an amazing job and amazing thing. And to be very frank about it, my belief, firm belief is that you're going to make a significant impact. Usually, you know, I liken it to dropping a pebble in the ocean. Um, I believe you guys just dropped the boulder. The ripple effect is going to be much more significant than somebody just throwing a single rock or a pebble. You guys broke off the top of the mountain and just kind of plunged it into the ocean. There's going to be a large wave that's going to come from this. And it's going to benefit and impact not only the residents in the communities that you're developing, but it's also going to impact the surrounding communities because now you got neighbors that are invested in home ownership that care about the communities they're in. You got people that want to serve in schools and in other places because now they're invested in the community. They're not transit. I'm worried about, well, hey, I'm going to end up moving next week or, or have to move next month because rents are going up because they're vested owners now. And that is huge that is what we all signed up for guys that was a great show today and we thank you so much for taking the time to listen to exit strategies radio show my name is Corwin j millet yes that is me and i thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in for today's episode exit strategies is my baby it is how i give back to our community it is how i foster goodwill spread good news and trustfully help you get great results. Guys, as I always say to you, as I always say to you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And we're going to see you guys out there in the streets.